Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach, a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode. I hope you're doing well today. I had such a good conversation with Anna Martha, who is a mum of three, a psychotherapist. She's an author and a speaker. And her latest book is called The Little Book of Calm for New Mums. And I, as you probably know, I'm expecting a baby later on this year. And so this for me was, yeah, a chance to try not to turn it into my own therapy session, but a chance to ask some of those questions that I know, you know, if you are either a new mum already or you want to be a parent in the future or you're pregnant right now, we're talking about the sorts of things that may be coming up for you in terms of worries and anxieties and how to handle those things. So we discuss the anxieties that new mums experience because there are many and actually it's quite normal to experience worries and anxieties. We're going into something new, the sleep deprivation, the responsibility, there's lots of things that can come up. We talk about, and Anna has so much amazing advice for handling a lack of sleep. For me, this is the thing that I'm probably... I'm not saying I'm dreading, but it's the thing that's in the back of my mind that that could be tricky, the lack of sleep. I love sleep like most people. So Anna just shares so many nuggets of insights, personal experiences and practical advice for how to handle this. We talk about letting go of the idea of the perfect mum because it's so prevalent. And I think what I see, at least on social media, is this big dichotomy between you know perfect motherhood how it's blissful and amazing and completes you and then the other side of it where people quite often you know find it very challenging you know at certain moments and you know talk about how there's not enough talk about how difficult it can be so we talk about that kind of dichotomy and how we can find our way through that plus just loads more advice from Anna I think she's just an absolute delight, so warm and kind and is exactly the sort of person that you would want, (laughs) you know, to sit down with a cup of tea with to talk over some of these worries and concerns. So before we get into the episode, just to let you know that I am running my online anxiety course, Your Karma Self, one more time before I go off on maternity. So it will be probably another at least six months until I run it live again. It's a tool incorporating coaching, hypnotherapy, group support, support from me to give you the tools to manage your own anxiety, to understand yourself better and to become a calmer version of yourself. It's run live. So the doors are closing on the 12th of June 2022 for this round. And you can find all the details in the show notes. You can head to my website, karma-u.com forward slash program for all the details and to register. So let's get into the interview with Anna Martha. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you. I went on a really early morning walk this morning um, and that just helps. It helps me so much. Kind of gives me something before I start. Do you know what I mean? Lovely. Lovely. I always (laughs) think to myself, like, my day would be better if I went for a morning walk. Maybe I need to make that happen more of the time. I love that. 
I really recommend it. Although I have, um, so I share quite a bit on social media and I've had quite a few messages from people saying, but don't you worry about this? Don't you worry about being the first person to kind of stumble across something bad? Or don't you worry about, you know, and and I thought, no, I haven't been. But then this morning I went on this walk and it's amazing how almost like the more we're exposed to, the more potential fears we absorb from other people. I was like looking over my shoulder for the first time in ages, Mm. you know, and it's like, I'm like, I've got to kind of find balance with that. Cause I think having an awareness of things that can go wrong is good, but then kind of leaning into that too much so that it, yeah, it takes the joy out of what you're doing is, I mean, you talk about this loads, which is so helpful, but I noticed that this morning, my normal, wonderful, lovely therapeutic walk had a bit of a different edge to it. Gosh, yeah. It's funny, I was just, I was reminded about, I used to work with a lot of people for fear of flying as a, a hypnotherapist. And I used to think, am I going to develop a fear of flying? Because I'm hearing about all these people's fears. And I didn't, I didn't really, but it kind of, it does put ideas in your head, I suppose, when you're a therapist and you're kind of hearing people's It fears. does, yeah, um, yeah. But can you please just start off by telling us a bit about what you do and, and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, so I am a psychotherapist. I'm a mum of three. And historically, I've always kind of worked in really like clinical settings. So in GP surgeries and private practices. And then I had my first baby had a great experience, just really textbook. It's like he'd read the books that you want the babies to read before they come into the world. And he was, you know, (laughs) he was kind of straight down the line. I enjoyed it did all the new mum things, had a great time, and then had a second one and had this like real confidence that I was just going to copy and paste my experience. I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do all the things that were the first time. And it was the most humbling, challenging experience of my life. Um, Charlie had my second had like silent reflux. It went undiagnosed and I was like chronically sleep deprived and just so staunch in my, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. Um, I've got this covered. And for the first time in my life, that just didn't cut the mustard. And it was the hardest, but the most amazing pivotal moment where I started to realize that all of these things that I've been kind of talking about and working on myself and working with clients, you know, these things really really matter the vulnerability the the tools you know we need them and I needed them as if my life depended on them like before these kind of therapeutic insights and this awareness was really helpful in my life really really helpful but I would say that they really began to change my life when I realized quite how powerful they could be um so then I downloaded Instagram because I was moving house and it was all kind of, it was new build and it was all white walls and pretty plain. So I downloaded it to kind of get some inspiration. And I remember starting to share little bits about kind of motherhood and anxiety and discovering that there, that it could be a place to share those things. And I mean, you do it so beautiful. I'm trying to think when I, when I came across you on there sharing, sharing what you do and I just, yeah, I think I just started sharing a little bit more of that. And then realize that there is a term called psychoeducation did you know that I had no Mm. idea that this was a thing that it was you know for me therapy was very much kind of in the therapy room with two chairs and a box of tissues and I was so excited to find a name for what I'd begun to do which is about kind of just taking therapy out of the therapy room and sharing those tools with people and I do so often based on using myself as a kind of case study. So I'll share my experience and then I might share some insights or tools because I think that's a real privilege being a therapist is that you see, you know that you're not alone in stuff. So I can speak about the harder, messier moments, the complex feelings, and I can do that without shame because I know with certainty that I'm not alone. My hope is that other people will then it will start to chip away at the shame for them. So it kind of really came from that and then moved on, moved onwards really, just doing more and in different ways. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it resonates with people so much, the things that you share, I think, so honestly about motherhood. And obviously I'm kind of transitioning to that phase of my life and kind of reading your stuff, hoping to kind of inoculate myself against some of the things <laughs> that uh, may lie ahead. And yeah, you just had a new book out, which is just the most beautiful book. I'm showing it on the camera for those that are watching the video. Mm. The Little Book of Calm for New Mums. 
I am personally going to be having this. It's been living on my bedside table and it's going to stay there, oh, I think, for the next like, year. That's what I dreamed of. Yeah, I dreamed that it would be a little bedside yeah. table. Bedside table, book to dip into. So thank you. Yeah, and there's, there's just so much in there. You kind of go through all these different kind of challenges that people have in their journey, you know, early motherhood and, and beyond, I'm sure. What are the, some, some of the common things that come up for people? as they've just had a baby and some of those anxieties and things that people worry about? I think one of the most remarkable ones for me was the intrusive thoughts that can come up. You know, the thoughts that just kind of come and prompted into our minds. And I think ultimately they happen all the time. Like I was talking with my mum the other day and we were, we were laughing about some of the intrusive thoughts that we've had. Some of the funnier ones, like one for me is, you know, at a wedding when, when they say, you know, does anyone here present know of any reason why these, and I always have this sudden thought of like, I'm going to jump out and be just for a joke. And I imagine the absolute chaos that would ensue. And, you know, I go into a gift shop and like everything is all stacked up nicely. And I just get this thought of like, push it over, just like push it over or pull someone's hair on a bus or that's kind of draped over the, the back of the seat. And we were giggling at these, but you know, they're, they're thoughts that come into our mind. And I think in early motherhood after um, Charlie, when I was so tired, I was getting so many more of them. And so, so many of them were just really shocking and they were so conflicting with how and who I wanted to be as a mum. Cause I think we, you know, we have this constant expectation that we'd, we'd be kind of always nurturing, always gentle, always kind of, you know, just motherly, you know, that kind of caricature that we have. And I think some of the thoughts that I had around, dropping him down the stairs that was a really strong one and I know that that one is is one for a lot of mums um and then you know it can just feel so how on earth could I could I think that how on earth you know it's the shock that we can and this judgment that we can have towards ourselves and the shame and this is why I think things like intrusive thoughts are so unspoken about is that is that often they are unpleasant and we fear that they say something about who we are and how we mother and how we love and how responsible we are. And I just found it really important to remind myself what they were. And it was my mind playing, you know, just, it was my mind being aware of kind of risk and responsibility and power and also human reaction. And I think, the other thing that, you know, so I think that's really important to understand that they do not say anything about who you are. They're mm. just your mind kind of playing with risk and responsibility. And they're there also to keep you safe. So, you know, I might get one when my daughter's on a scooter and she's like tearing down the pavement. And I might suddenly get this intrusive thought of like a car coming around the corner. And actually that's serving a purpose for me to go, hey, Florence, like just keep in a little bit. But actually if I'm then to kind of turn that black and white 2D thought into this full technicolor theater of what happens next. And, you know, and it fully plays out until I'm, you know, having to break the news to my husband. And it's just like suddenly my heart is breaking completely unnecessarily. And yes, I found that incredibly useful to remind myself that they are not reflective of who I am, how I love, or how I mother. And that I can find ways to to stop that I call it thought into theatre you know that let that thought be is there it's done maybe I've had to act on it by you know changing behavior or or just kind of shouting a word of warning but actually it's that progression into that full story that can take us to those really hard dark sad places so that's been important. Mm, yeah, I think that's so important to to talk about and that people know that that's a normal thing that happens because, yeah, if there's shame about that or you think that it's a reflection on you or that you're bad because you've, you're having those thoughts, then it's mm. going to just magnify that experience. Yeah. And yeah, I've had intrusive thoughts, you know, in the course of anxiety and, oh, it's just horrible at the time. And yeah. Yeah, that is one of the things in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder if that's going to pop up for me, you know, being sleep deprived and having this, you know, going into the unknown, you know, I know that I'm going to, I want to, again, like inoculate myself as much as possible to sort of just be aware that that might happen and try and be kind to myself about, yeah, about that. Absolutely. And I think that's it as soon as we, so we get, you might get an intrusive thought and actually we get them all the time 
pretty much every kind of thought that we have is intrusive, right? It just, we don't have control over what comes into our mind, but we, I like um, thinking about it as like first or second thought, you know, I don't have control over what comes into my mind, but I can have control over what I do with that. Now it's so much harder, isn't it? When we're tired or I, I notice it when I'm hormonal or when I'm stressed, you know, it's harder then to kind of, you need energy really to rationalize these thoughts or just to kind of take a moment to to look at them and and think about them for a second in a way that's constructive and I think that's it it's just the fact that when you're tired or you're full of hormones and you're going through change or stress you know just go gently on yourself because it can be harder to kind of lure the energy to get that second thought in that kind of is comforting or grounding yeah I heard that a while ago that I that idea that kind of the first thought is your kind of maybe the, the anxiety or it's your judgment mm. but actually the second thought is the real you your ability to kind of be able to step back from things and connect yeah. with what you really think and feel so I love yeah. the idea of yeah thinking about Good, the second thought mm. yeah and it takes that it takes that shame and that that sense of responsibility away from something that you literally cannot you cannot control I think I've so I've got a book called Mind Over Mother and it's just about kind of worry and anxiety in the postnatal period and I write about this mop man in there I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about the mop man but I remember having some intrusive thoughts and I I started thinking because my mind just loves kind of I love a metaphor and I started thinking imagine that you were just sat on your sofa one evening like Friday evening the kids are in bed the baby's quiet and then someone knocks on the door and you go to the door and it's a mop salesman and he's there, you know, saying, you know, I want to introduce you to the new Super Splash G15. You're like, oh, gosh, all right, come on in then, because you don't want to say no. You just don't feel, you feel, you don't want to be rude. And in he comes and, you know, within minutes, he's like, he's got his own plate of chips. He's chatting away and you're there thinking, oh, my goodness, my evening that I've been really leaning towards has been completely taken over. And then I thought about an alternative scenario where, you know, he comes to the door and you just say, you know what, thank you so much, but we're not looking for a mop. Have a nice evening. And I think, you know, it's that reminder that we cannot control what knocks on on the door of our mind, but we can in time build up the kind of the confidence and maybe a bit of that strength to say, yeah, uh, no, I, I don't want to go into that right now. Thank you. So good. So good. I'm going to remember, remember that one. <laughs> the mop man. You don't yeah. want to super splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's helpful, I think, is for me anyway. Yeah. One of the things I've just really noticed, I guess, thinking about the kind of the bigger picture of kind of motherhood and kind of that I've noticed a lot on Instagram is the two sides of it. It's like one side that's like, perfect motherhood it's amazing like my child completes me I feel so whole and then the other side of like oh my god it's so hard like I never expected it to be so hard and I guess it's kind of both I mean it's not perfect obviously but it is wonderful and you know incredibly challenging at the same time do you think sometimes we maybe go into it kind of expecting it to be really amazing and everyone tells you you're, you're going to love it Pe- you know parents and grandparents have been nagging you to have children for years in my case anyway and uh and then maybe it's a shock when it's not like that can you can you talk a little bit to the kind of the that yeah um, I don't know what it's called but yeah, yeah those, those I guess it's like the fantasy isn't it it's that fantasy and it, and I think we're so hardwired to believe what we see when we see it seemingly played out on social media where that fantasy seems to be a reality we just, you know, we often either think then that we're doing, we're not doing a good enough job or we need to try harder or, you know, that we think that that, that must be true. That's just where our brain goes to. So, so we have to really take a moment to be like, that is a moment, you know, we know that is a moment that is a, you know, a snapshot. And again, that, that little tiny process requires energy that so often we don't have when we're escaping to social media for an escape. You know, I think I saw you say something today that, you know, scrolling is not restful. You know, often we go to these things to escape when actually we're, because we're feeling depleted in some way or challenged in some way. And actually, you know, we need energy to be there for it to Mm -hmm. be a healthy place. And it's that first thought, second thought thing again, isn't it? As you see that wonderful snapshot and you think, oh man, I'm, I'm not doing enough with my kids today. But the second thought 
you know, when we got the energy to in- introduce that second thought, that is the more grounding one that says, oh, well, they, you know, I don't know what their behind the scenes is today. I don't know what their challenges are. And then I think also the same when we see there's so much freedom in a way and seeing all that kind of that authentic messy behind the scenes, but neither of those are true all the time. And actually I find that they can both coexist almost minute to minute. I had a moment the other day and my kids were sat there eating ice lollies on a, on a bench and I looked at them and my heart was just like, I was, I was just overflowing with joy. I was just like, I'm the luckiest person the whole entire universe and I was you know I can feel it now just even thinking about that moment and then honestly no word of a lie less than five minutes later two of my kids were screaming and crying and I literally did not know how physically I could make it back to the car because every time I picked my toddler up she kicked her wellies off and then you know I was carrying the shopping my other son was like screaming about something else and then you know I went from thinking oh my gosh this is the best thing in the world to oh my goodness this is the hardest thing in the world and I think it's just accepting that those can coexist and one doesn't make you a failure. One doesn't make you a better mom. It's just, this is, you know, we see this in life. We know this about life, right? One minute you think everything's okay. And the next minute you're hit by a curveball and you feel like all your hope, you know, the air's been knocked out of you. And, and we can have those moments in a single day, but it somehow feels polarized in motherhood and where, or, you know, someone used the term the pinup mother the other day, you know, thinking about what is the pinup version of yourself that you're holding in mind. And, you know, mine might be, I was going to be a stay at home mom and I was going to be really happy with that. And I was going to do cook everything from scratch and I was going to be the most patient person. Actually, it's not worked out like that. I wasn't happy being a full time stay at home mom. I love my work. I'm actually you know, I don't want to spend all my time in the kitchen. I do. I love a microwave meal. I, you know, and it's, it's actually, I've had to come to terms with the fact that my version of motherhood that existed in my mind of myself is not who I am. And the more that I've grown to accept that, the happier I've become. And, you know, my mom was saying the other day, she's been over for the, uh, for the weekend. That's why I'm referring to her. Cause we, we love these kinds of conversations. And she was, you know, she was reminding me that good things often the the good things are the hard things, like the best things are the hard things too. You know, when someone runs a marathon, they do all, of, I've never done it. They do all of this training, you know, their, their social lives change, what they eat changes. And, you know, it, they do all of this and you, you know, and then they might say, oh my gosh, that was such a hard run. And do we turn around to them and say, why are you bothering then? If you don't like that, run, why are you bothering? If you don't want to go out, you know, if you want, don't, if you're too tired to get out that time, why are you even bothering? You know, but yet with motherhood, it's almost, there's so much fear around saying this is, this is hard because we feel like we have to caveat it with, you know, whole tumbling words of, but I love it, but I love them. But, you know, as if it can't be hard and good. Because mm-hmm. the best things are hard too, because they come with sacrifice. They come with challenge and we persevere and, then the joy is even sweeter and the good times are even. I call them motherhood caffeine, those moments where you just think, oh, this is the good stuff. This makes it all worth it. So I think mm-hmm. it's both. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to me because I think for quite a long time, I was, I was going back and forward on whether I wanted to have children because of this thing of it's going to be so hard. How will I cope? You know, I think having, when you've had mental health issues, you, you, I don't know. I, was, I think I thought to myself, I don't want to pass these on. You know, what if I, you know, can't cope with having a baby? But it's an interesting thing. I think with anxiety, sometimes we try to make ourselves safe and kind of hold ourselves back from things to avoid things being hard and avoid things that we can't cope with. And actually, you end up, your world becomes so small that it becomes like quite unfulfilling. And actually the best thing that we can do is to kind of step outside of our comfort zone and challenge ourselves doing that in a gentle way with lots of kind of other things to support us, hopefully along the way as well, but, you know, not, not shying away from the challenging things because actually, yeah, exactly as you say, you know, I remember thinking, you know, if being a parent is the hardest and best job or one of the hardest and best jobs that you can have, am I really going to say, no, I don't want to do that in this, in this lifetime. And I decided that actually, yeah, I did. I did want to go for that. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think, you know, I'm just thinking about we're going on holiday in August and, 
even the thought of packing for a family of five and all that that entails and sorting the house out, making sure that someone's been the cat and, you know, lining up my work so that I can have a little bit of a break. You know, the enormity of that sometimes feels like, what's the point? What's the point? But actually, I know that it will be so worth it. Like, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. There will still be tantrums and people waking us up in the night. But ultimately, it's an experience and it's going to be a generally a wonderful change of scenery that we haven't had in the last like two and a half years. So, you know, again, it's like sometimes the good things require a lot from us as well. Like training, mm. you know, all that training that you've done, all those, you know, courses that you've got under your belt like that would have taken sacrifice and but it's given you so much to give to others and so much joy in doing so and that you know it cost time finances mm. sacrifices yet it's wonderful I wonder if maybe there's a sense of like because our lives are often designed around things being convenient and kind of easy and pain-free you know if, if there's yeah. a sense of things shouldn't be difficult you know I should yeah. be finding this easy and then we beat ourselves right. up if we are struggling. I think you're absolutely right. You know, everything happens quickly. We don't have to wait for stuff. You know, we can order something now and it might even be there the same day. And life is made very smooth for us in many ways. But, you know, the best things, like if you think you could, you could order a, a chair tomorrow on Ikea website and have it tomorrow, you know, but actually you could order this handmade bespoke chair that will be in your family for years to come and maybe pass down and you know but that takes that takes time and more money and you've got to wait for it and it takes you know there are more decisions to be made but you will savor it and enjoy it more at the end of it and I think you know our culture and our economy wants us to go for the quick stuff because the quality is low it'll probably break will help probably have to spend more money and it's just so alluring isn't it like why wait when you can have it now why pay more when you can just get less for less mm. now? And mm. what what about the the investment and the the richness of what comes with that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we could talk about hours on that topic in itself. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> deep one. This episode of the Karma You podcast is sponsored by my online course, Your Calmest Self. It's a course that gives you the tools to manage your anxiety without having to quit your life, move to an island and meditate for 10 hours a day. So this course is for you if you're somebody that constantly worries about what other people think of you. You hold yourself back from setting big goals because you're anxious and overwhelmed and unable to move forward with things. It's for you if you flop into bed every night exhausted by another anxious day, wishing you could just switch off and relax. It's for you if you don't speak up about things because you're nervous about getting it wrong or what people will say, whether they'll judge you. And it's for you if you've got a loud inner critic that puts you down all the time and stops you from doing the things that you want to do in your life. If this sounds like you, I'm here to help you change that. In this online course for anxiety, your karma self, I teach you the tools and techniques to become a calmer and more confident version of yourself. I use powerful hypnotherapy recordings and exercises from cognitive behavioral therapy, NLP, positive psychology, and more. If you'd like to live an anxiety-free life of confidence and calmness, come and take a look at my course at karma hyphen you.com forward slash program so it's karma you.com forward slash program one of the things again i'm coming back to the kind of the turning this into my own like therapy session with you <laughs> so one of the things that i'm i don't i wouldn't say i'm nervous about it but it's kind of i'm aware this is something i need to be aware of the sleep issue the sleep deprivation yeah, waking up a lot in the night. And I just know, obviously, being tired is stressful in itself. It puts us into fight or yeah. flight more, yeah. doesn't it? And, you know, probably anyone who's ever experienced anxiety will know anxiety is worse when you're tired. And yeah, if you're having problems with your sleep, then everything just seems so much harder. What would you say to someone who's maybe experiencing that right now or somebody that, you know, is thinking that might come up for them? Yeah, because I think, you know, it's so easy to say, isn't it, when you're outside of that situation, just kind of get what rest you can. And actually, there are so many different things that come into it. Number one, there are so many things to actually do and tick off when 
your baby's asleep or your kids are quiet. You know, you might have genuine life admin. Yesterday I had to book like vaccinations and call the vet and do all of these things. And there's always a list and sometimes those things are priorities. And and also, you know, when we have a difficult relationship with rest and maybe we feel like it's inefficient or unproductive and we don't value it as something that we fundamentally need, then we're going to pass over little opportunities to do it. And also when we want, like if you're craving a really good night's sleep and you know you can't get it, then the other things, the other little opportunities for rest can just seem insignificant. Like what's the point in just sitting on the sofa for five minutes when I want like a solid eight hours sleep? So we can kind of overlook those little opportunities. So I think number one, it's addressing your attitude to rest. So when those opportunities arise, you're you're taking all of them with like, you know, open hands and it's that acknowledgement that that we need rest in order to rationalize anxious thoughts in order to enjoy life because actually there are so many times when I have got no sense of humor because I'm tired I've got no sense of humor you know I need rest in order to respond to my kids in a way that I'm proud of rather than reacting shouting you know being irritable I need rest in order to to have relationships that are meaningful now that everything I've said there is probably just going to add a whole another load of pressure onto the sleep that you can't get. But I actually did a podcast on this on five ways to rest when you can't. And it's taking the pressure off that night's sleep because it's disrupted. And it's, and the more we pressure something to be good, this happens with sleep. Isn't it? The more we want it, mm. the more we try and make it happen, the more it escapes us. And something I find really helpful. And we chatted about this before we click record was, um, to remember that all rest is productive. So even if you're lying there or you're sitting there, you know, with a baby that's awake or you're just lying there because your brain is switched on, your baby's asleep and you can't get back to sleep. You know, instead of just pressuring yourself, and this is what I would often do, is like, oh my gosh, I've now only got like four hours left of the night and, you know, heaping the pressure on. It's just, you know, that simple reminder that all rest is productive. As you lie there, you know, you're being supported in your comfortable bed. There is you know, it's quiet, you've got some sensory deprivation, you're not being bombarded with kind of all this visual stimulation that we have when we're awake. And that that is good. That is productive in itself. So I think taking the pressure off when you're trying to be asleep, but also finding rest in other ways, literally move slower, move, move and talk slower. Like just how can you slow down what your output is in your body? And this sounds so simple, but I often do this in like stressful moments with the kids or chaotic times, you know, because I think when our fight or flight's kicking in, we we can stop being a bit more frantic, but then we're expending so much more. So how can you mindfully kind of even just slow down your pace of walking, you know, just slow down your movements. So you're preserving something. You're just saying to your body, it's okay. You don't need to rush. Because often we rush, we don't even need to be rushing because we're just in that mentality of like, oh, I need to get everything done. So how can you physically slow down? And another one is multitasking. You know, I think we do it because it feels so efficient. But actually, there is, and I uh, I love um, Johan Harry's Stolen Focus book. I don't know if you've read it, but he talks about the cost of multitasking. And he says, we can't actually multitask. Our brain just flicks between two things really, really quickly. And it is using an enormous amount of energy. So I'm the absolute queen of trying to do so many things at once that I end up doing them badly. I often even brush my teeth around the house whilst I'm doing other stuff. And I just get, you know, toothpaste all down my jumper, create more washing for myself, got some on the floor, create more cleaning for myself. And ultimately, you know, if I was just to stand at the sink for two minutes and just do that, you're asking less of yourself. You know, it's how can you actually just focus on what you're doing in that moment rather than trying to send a quick email whilst also changing the baby's nappy? You know, how can you stop multitasking sometimes so that you're just, you're saving a heck of a lot of energy? It's not as productive as we like to think. Another thing that I find really helpful with exhaustion and early motherhood is turning I've got to into I get to. Now, this has been a real game changer for me. And I think when we're exhausted, we can get that really heavy feeling. I know I can. And gratitude for me is just kind of like lighting, like turning on a light bulb in the corner of a dark room. And it's just, you know, 
I've got to be up, I've got to be up in the night with my baby turns into like I get to be up in the night with my baby and it just turns our attention to the enormous privileges of what feels to be so mundane and heavy at times and it's not about overriding those really human responses to what's going on the exhaustion it's not saying you know I think often we can use gratitude to kind of steamroll feelings but actually you know it's it's I am exhausted and oh my gosh, what a privilege. Like it's that and, you know, it's the two things that can be there together. And I find that really helpful in the the monotonous things in motherhood is thinking I get to do this. Doesn't work for everything. I get to take the pins out. Mm-hmm. We're here. You know, it's actually, <laughs> they also does it because, you know, there are so many, and I think we can, we can dig into it a little bit and think, you know, I get to wash these bottles oh, that doesn't really work. But actually, when you think about it, you've got running water, you've built, you know, you're privileged to even have access, you know, we have access to formula, or we have access to running water. And actually, there is, there is always something, you know, so mm. I find that really helpful as well. And accepting support, you know, and this is another thing that I think is a really big barrier to rest. And when I say rest, I'm talking about restful things, not just sleep is that people offer to support us and often our kind of first thought, our first reaction is, I know, don't worry, I'm fine. But what would it be like to actually accept those small offers of support? You know, how can we challenge ourselves to say yes, please, and then feel the guilt and do it anyway, knowing that in letting someone else do something, we're preserving something of ourselves. So sometimes it's not what can we get for ourselves, it's what can we preserve you know, what can I preserve of my energy? Um, cutting corners, I think, is one of the most underestimated forms of self-care and rest. How can you do that easier? How can you take that effort out of dinner tonight when you're tired? What can you do that is that cuts a corner here? And again, this is a challenge of, you know, especially when many of us struggle with like perfectionism and people pleasing, this can be a challenging thing, but actually it's another way of preserving and reserving something of yourself that, that you need. And mm. I'm going to put so many of these because I think. So good. I'm back and make notes of all of this. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, you know, it's, and then the other thing that I think if you are, if you do struggle with perfectionism or people pleasing, it's just reminding yourself it's not forever. It's just for now. You know, I'm cutting corners and I'm finding that flipping hard or I'm accepting that support and I'm finding it flipping uncomfortable. It's how can you remind yourself that actually this is just for a time. It's not forever. You're not dropping that standard forever. You're not going to cut that corner and be eating kind of, you know, there are some wonderful microbe meals out there that we love that are really healthy and wond- and like nutritious. But, you know, do I want to eat them forever? No, but actually sometimes these things are there for such a time as this and you know, and I think it's, that's helpful to remind yourself. It's not, it's not forever. It's just for now. It doesn't need to be forever. Things will change and shift and be different, but actually for now, it's important that that I do these things so that I can preserve something of myself. I think that's such an important one because I know that my mind has a tendency to, and I think this is a thing that anxious minds can do to kind of permanent I don't know what, what the word is like make something permanent like I'm feeling anxious right now I'm always going to feel this way yeah. I'm feeling low I'm always going to feel this way the house is a mess it's always going to be a mess but actually I love that reminder of just thinking this is a temporary time yeah. in my life it's not going to last forever and probably going to go quite quickly in the yeah. big scheme of things yeah it does yeah yeah. It, it shifts and it changes and you have new, new energy for things that you had no energy for before and then other in other ways you're depleted that you were, mm. weren't before. And it's just, I think it's that margin for humanness and it's that acceptance that we are limited. We have limited resources and those change every day. And the kind thing is to find ways to live in line with that rather than just seeing that as a failure or you're not trying hard enough or yeah, that actually is just human. Some, some of the reasons you're tired will be totally and utterly out of your control. So what can you do that is within it? What standard can you amend? What corner can you cut? And that thing about taking the bins out, I'm going to try and uh, <laughs> shift my mindset on taking the bins out because it always seems to be me. I don't know why Aidan's doesn't doesn't go onto his radar that the bins need taking out. But um, yeah, thinking about, yeah, I get, I get to do this because it did remind me of like, I spent some time like 
living in the middle of the jungle like a couple of years ago in the Amazon and there were no toilets, no loo roll, no like no taps to get water out of, you know, we were kind of like uh, purifying our own water and coming back from that I had such a like I was I was so grateful for like flushing loos, the fact that you can wash your hands and just that sort of thing so I know it's possible to mm-hmm. get ourselves into a mindset of appreciating those little things if we can kind of shift our mindset so like taking the bins out how amazing that someone like takes the rubbish away yeah like hopefully recycles it some of the time yeah um, amazing yeah. isn't it but it is that you know it's that conscious kind of connection with that awareness it doesn't always come on its own but I think that the more we practice it the more that you will just be prompted like when I'm going on my walks these days you know I just feel like a real sense of gratitude suddenly and I look at something and I think oh wow and before that would have had to be a lot more conscious yeah so we we kind of yeah have to consciously become aware of it at first then perhaps it becomes more automatic it's like a habit though isn't it like it's it's a habit to form those moments and another one that I'm working on at the moment is boredom and just seeing the beauty the beauty within it because you know those times of curveballs in life when they hit and everything just feels like in a state of flux and you know the things that you want the things that you crave are the boring normal bits of life I was um looking at the kitchen the other day and everything was an absolute tip it was utter chaos and I thought there have been times in my life where I would have done anything to have moments like this, to be assured of moments like this, to have the confidence that I would have moments like this again. And we we lost my sister when she was nearly seven when I was younger. And I just remember the things that we wanted were the boring things. You know, the mountaintop, wonderful moments of life are all great, but there is so much privilege and, and beauty in those boring Monday moments. Those are the ones that you know, if we allow ourselves to absorb something wonderful within them, even if, you know, we're also valuing and validating the boredom, the relentlessness, the overwhelm and all those other feelings within it. But it's just that acknowledgement, I think, of mm-hmm. how meaningful they are. Yeah, I love that. That's really, really powerful. One question I like to ask guests is, is there anything that you're struggling with at the moment and how, how are you kind of moving through that or managing it or kind of, yeah, working through that mm. yourself? So uh, over here at this moment, it's half term. And one, I love what I love my job. I love it. Um, but I, and I see it as a great, tra- it's, it's so different to parenting. It's such a, you know, a different space for me, especially when I'm doing writing or I'm doing podcasts and stuff. I absolutely love it. So I think my challenge is I often see it as my break. This is my rest. This is my break. And I think I just feel really prompted at the moment to remind myself that work is still using different parts of yourself. And yes, it might feel like I'm filling a different cup and it's, it has a real great place in bringing balance into my life. And, but I'm still using different parts of myself quite a lot. So therefore I need to, to make sure I'm still doing things that are not work (laughs) that are restful. So that's why I'm trying to be really vigilant in kind of going out for walks and doing a bit more kind of, you know, slower paced exercise rather than just kind of short and sharp, take that box, you know, what can I do that feels more mindful? What movement? It feels more intuitive and, and meeting a need and, and actually just switching off and not seeing scrolling on your phone as restful or just zoning out to a box set as restful. Like what actually, all of those things are, they ha- they are restful, but are they as nourishing and refilling as, you know, having a bath and reading a book without going on my phone or, you know, going on a walk without kind of listening to a million podcasts at one and a half speeds, trying like absorb as much information as possible. Like how can I just bring more restful things into my life that, that aren't work? I think that's such a, an important point. I've, I was talking to a client recently about, you know, just having time to do nothing. We have the sense that it's not okay to do nothing. Like, you know, talking mm-hmm. about like, can you just sit and have a cup of tea and like stare at stare out the window, or you know, just have have some time where you're not, yeah, you're not kind of listening to a podcast or reading, you know, emails with one with one hand mm. and kind of looking at your children with the other. 
with the other eye or something. Yeah. Yeah. And actually giving ourselves permission to not have to be productive or to rest in a in the most I think someone someone commented in something and called it like constructive rest something that's really constructive um as in you know what's the most kind of nurturing and nourishing thing that we can do for ourselves rather yeah. than maybe watching like stranger things which I don't watch but my sister's <laughs> obsessed with it and said it like basically gives her anxiety but she's hooked and can't nurse uh, yeah stop. watching something <laughs> like that at the moment and I think that's so right our brains need to pause we need to slow down we need you know we I think sometimes I, I explain it, it's like especially in my work days I I feel like I'm being I'm living like I'm being chased you know I'm rushing from one thing to another and what is this doing to our nervous systems and our what is it teaching us and I think often we can even fear slowing down and I know this for so many people and, and at times myself in that if I slow down a will I ever find it in me to start again and be what the heck will come to the surface because in this busyness we're you know we're just plowing on and plowing through and there's so much that goes unheard and unvalidated and so many needs that go unmet that there's almost a fear that if we do slow down and stop and pause of what we'll find mm-hmm. yeah that's a big one I remember when the pandemic first hit and you know, some people slowed down. Obviously, some people's lives got much more hectic in lockdown. Mm. But the people whose lives slowed down, you know, noticed a lot of stuff coming up to the surface. And it's kind of yeah. a scary thing because you we, we're busy and we keep everything contained. Yeah. And then, you know, is it going to, yeah, but then maybe it needs to come out. You know, what's the cost of that suppressing stuff and kind of yeah. keeping it, keeping a lid yeah. on it? But that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> it um, is. Is there anything final that you'd want to share with new mums? Any final mm-hmm. kind of bit of advice that you'd want to share before we, before I let you get on with the rest of your day? Yeah, I think two tiny quick things. Number one is, is when you're, you know, self-care, I think we can so easily eye roll at it, but actually it's so important. The more you give, the more you're giving out, the more you need, you know, it's a simple science, like the further you drive your car, the more fuel you need, but so often we just kind of completely overlook that when it comes to ourselves and, you know, raise the bar for what you consider self-care because I ask people on my social media what they were doing with regards to self-care and they're like, oh, you know, today I had a shower, today I had a glass of water and I'm like, wow, those things are great, but those are basic fundamental acts of self-respect, you know, we're not, we need more than that. And those things are great when we can get them, but actually they need to be the fundamental, you know, the self-care is the bit that goes beyond. It's the thing that fills you up and nourishes you. That is not the basic, basic, you know, even prisoners get hydration and food and a shower every now and again, you know, how are we, what message are we giving to ourselves in the way that we're treating ourselves and would we treat someone we love in that way and if not then quite frankly we have equal value so it's not good enough for us either and I find that really really helpful and then the other thing is never let guilt go unaddressed guilt is there to prompt you to act um it might even just be that guilt is unjustified and you're feeling guilty about something that isn't your fault you know that action might be just to choose to let that go but the more we let guilt just sit there the more it's going to shame us you know and then we start feeling like it's the difference between being a good person that's done a bad thing and and feeling like a bad person. And that's what happens when guilt shames us. It just really hacks away at our self-esteem and our identity and our feeling of deservedness to be loved and have good things. And when I let shame in, I feel like I have flashes of feeling undeserving of the love of my children and undeserving of accepting support. And that's a problem. And so, so don't let guilt just sit there. Think, what can I, what's it prompting me to do? It might be prompting you to seek support, to apologize, to kind of amend a habit, then act on it and then let it go. Otherwise it turns in shame and we don't need that. We don't need it. We deserve more than that. So yeah, it can be the background buzz to motherhood, but it doesn't need to be. Mm, Yeah. So good. So good. Thank you so much for everything you shared. I could honestly talk to you for hours and hours and yeah, I feel very calm talking to you and very, um, feel like it's all going to be okay and I've got yes. my book here, yeah got which I'll book. be reading in voice I think now yeah <laughs> oh well thank you so much for having me thank you and yeah do you want to just share a bit about how people can find out more about you get your book and anything else that you're doing yeah. at the moment so I'm on Instagram at 
Anna Martha, A-N-N-A-M-A-T-H-U-R. I've got like a, I've got a platform called the Mothermind Way, which has got loads of different 12 pound resources. Everything's 12 pounds. Anything on like one hour long sessions on health anxiety, driving anxiety and metaphobia, which is a really common fear of sickness. Things on people pleasing, burnout, guilt, there's loads of stuff on there. And then I've got a podcast called The Therapy Edit, which are like 10 to 20 minute little episodes twice a week. And then, oh, books. So my new one is called The Little Book of Calm for New Mums. And that's kind of just a kind of, it's got loads of emotions in there and you just flick to the page that resonates with how you're feeling. And there's some grounding words and some thoughts that can bring clarity and encouragement within it. And then I've got one on self-worth called Know Your Worth. And then I have got the My Dave Mother, which is about worrying anxiety in the first year. So that's, I think that's, that's about it, I think. Amazing. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. It's been so, so useful. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Karma You podcast with me, Chloe Brotheridge. Don't forget, you can download loads of freebies for anxiety and confidence at my website, karmayou.com. You can also find out about my app and my one on one sessions. Please do subscribe to this podcast in the Apple Podcast app. And if you have enjoyed it or found it helpful, please leave me a review. It makes a massive difference to helping the podcast get discovered by other people. And come on over and find me on Instagram. I'm hanging out there every day. You can find me at Chloe Brotheridge. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And please do share it with anyone who might need to hear this today. So I'm sending you loads of love and I hope you have a brilliant week ahead. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.